Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I am here with Jeremy Charles, who is currently on book tour for his uh, incredible uh, new, I would say, uh, over-the-top, honest, <laughs> uh, new Finlandian, if that's even a term, uh, cuisine. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, sit down with you. I mean, we've known each other for quite a few years, but it's, uh, it's great to, to see all your success and, and especially the book, being able to tell a story. Oh, thanks so much. It's a real honor to be here. It's exciting. First time in Portland. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, so we're cooking together on Sunday for, uh, for dinner. I think we're doing like 70, 70 or so guests and, yeah. um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that and meeting some new people and, and, uh, we brought some fun products with us from from the island, so uh, we got through customs, which is cool too. That that <laughs> that I was actually curious about, you know, like did it? So everything made it. No, they didn't question any product. No, everything was good. I just said, you know, we got some beautiful Newfoundland seafood, and we're heading to an event in Portland to, to cook with some friends. And uh, I've never felt so welcome at the border this time. I was like, wow, it was amazing. Really? Yeah, it's really, really lovely. <laughs> oh, that, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, wow, that's, reaffir- that's reassuring to hear yeah. that, you know, because I was assuming instantly everything would be opened, taken out, everything would be spoiled because they'd be opening every box and you're yeah. not allowed to bring this. No, I'm really happy that that didn't happen. So uh, I, I did bring a moose heart with me, so that may have been a curveball. I'm not sure. but yeah. They wouldn't have known. Fair enough. That's good. What are they going to say? What is that? Beef heart. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's about the same size, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. So I, I, I really, I think what you've done at Raymond's in, in Newfoundland is really pretty incredible. And I, I think everybody should kind of understand the story of how you got to and how you started. You said you're 10 years old now. Yeah, this year coming is 10 years. So. And that, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, it's been quite the quite the ride, you know. It's uh it's uh, we've we've had some peaks and valleys, but uh, really stuck to our guns, and you know it's all about showcasing and celebrating the products around us and creating a sense of place. And basically, when you come to Raymond's, you're having a true taste of the terroir, all the beautiful things around you. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been exciting. It's been, you know, a lot of work, but very rewarding at the same time. So, I think. A lot of folks don't realize you you have access to things that, <laughs> excuse me, most most folks would never be able to serve in their restaurants because you're allowed to serve local game. Yeah. Uh, so moose, rabbit, uh, rabbit everything local, everything. Yep. And somebody can come to your back door yep. as long as they have uh, a tag. If they're a licensed hunter, yeah. Yeah. A registered hunter and... Basically, excuse me, um, they need to report to wildlife, you know, I'm Joe Schmo and I have uh, 10 rabbits and two partridge and they just call in the wildlife and report that and we have a license to purchase and a license to sell and they just document it and they'll come every now and then check your fridge or freezers and make sure everything is, uh, you know, up to snuff, so to speak. So That doesn't exist here. Yeah, so I hear it doesn't exist anywhere else in Canada either. So it's, I think it's basically the only place in North America where you're able to go out. You know, I can go out and shoot a moose with my my permit, my license, and I uh, I report that to wildlife, and it's on the menu, which is pretty amazing to be able to serve truly 
wild, beautiful, organic proteins, you know, from the land and sea. So it's, uh, yeah, I feel super fortunate. And that's what Raymond's is all about, you know. If I couldn't serve wild game, I don't know if the restaurant would even open the doors. Well, I think, <laughs> and you also get to work directly with uh, fishermen. And, yeah. you know, so what was I thought was really funny is when you arrived, you guys were pretty knackered because you've been <laughs> up since four. But the reason you were really knackered is because you were cleaning scallops yeah, <laughs> that, that were delivered to you at what what time? Uh, it was ten thirty in the evening. Ten thirty in the evening, and you had to be up at four. Yeah. So you were cleaning how many, eighty scallops? Yeah, I think we cleaned one hundred and thirty. But you know, I think there's two hundred there. But I, I think we brought a hundred plus just to make sure we had enough. Yeah. And and that that is really unique. And you just you said you just make a phone call and he'll go. Yeah, back. I got several friends. I mean, in the book, there's uh, my buddy Jerry. You can read about him, but. Uh, yeah, I'm fortunate to have a few people that, you know, are, uh, takes a special person to jump into the Atlantic Ocean, you know, and dive down 60, 70 feet to, you know, hand pick scallops out the bottom of the ocean or sea urchins or razor clams. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I wish I could say I could do it. I'm terrified. You know? <laughs> There's no way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's great. These guys are able to do that and, you know, to have this, these products are, it's truly amazing. It's, you know, there's nothing, you're not going to taste a scallop like that unless you're jumping in the ocean yourself or you're, you know, fortunate to know somebody. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I always say you're only as good as your product. And when you have beautiful product, it's, uh, it makes life a lot easier, you know, just keeping it simple and, and letting the product speak for itself. So in your network yeah. of folks that are working with you, I mean, yesterday when we went out to dinner, you guys showed me a picture of chanterelles being you know <laughs> like tons of chanterelles like long long like six foot long tables covered yeah, yeah. with chanterelles like this isn't a like how many people and not only just professional people that either you know are fishing for a living or yeah. you know but you have locals that go blueberry picking i mean i've heard stories and yeah. it's like i think those are so amazing yeah there's you know geez there's a lot of people, I don't know, 20 plus 30, just people who are out there, you know, living off the land and, and, uh, who are happy to be out picking berries and mushrooms and, um, you know, come to the back door and, uh, they know if it's a quality product that we'll take it, you know, it's, uh, cause you know, over the years we've been out there ourselves out picking. It's just, it's hard to find the time to pick that much to supply the restaurant. So we got a great community that, that, uh, understand the quality that we're looking for and um yeah it's just a great way to to cook you know and to have those relationships people come to the back door with fresh eggs and and uh, again all different types of seafoods and yeah and sometimes it'd be fun people coming with interesting things sometimes they've never even seen before it's like wow that's cool so it's uh it's, it's a bit of a learning process for us as well and uh yeah it just it just feels right you know feels good <laughs> that's cool i mean not only are you giving your guests a unique experience you're also supporting the local community by purchasing from everybody there yeah and another big part is you know when you're when you are dining at the restaurant there's the story behind the food you know it's uh, you know exactly where the food's coming from um yeah and people love hearing that and people want to know where the food are coming is coming from and uh, when you can again tell that story it just kind of yeah elevates the dining experience that much more i believe you know so yesterday you guys were mentioning your blueberry picker who yeah. shows up with, I mean, how many gallons and gallons of blueberries? It was, 
Yeah, God, I think Ross had was it sixty or seventy gallons of blueberries. Yeah, I believe. I mean, you know, the guys just out there picking till his hands are literally blue. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. But I mean, you know, what a beautiful way to spend your day out picking berries and being in the woods and. As long as no bears come along, you're fine. Yeah. How many, how many bears? Well, it's black bears. They're, they won't hurt you. Just when you get to Labrador, you get the, uh, the polar bears. You've got to keep your eyes peeled for them. They're a different breed. <laughs> My goodness. We don't, we don't have those problems in this city. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we have other issues to watch out for. <laughs> Roger that. So talk a little bit about how Raymond's came to be and how... You know, and, and you also have another restaurant. Yeah, Merchant Tavern. Merchant Tavern. And, and, and how you transition to that. And how old is Merchant Tavern? I think it'll be four. It's four years going on five. So I think for a lot of folks, there's always the question of how did you get to be where you are? How, how did it happen? I mean, and it wasn't an overnight thing. No. Being able not. to do what you do out there. It's it's very unique. It took time and energy and trial and error and Yeah. I mean a lot of people thought we were crazy to open Raymond's, you know, a fine dining restaurant in downtown St. John's. It's a pretty quiet time. It was just before the whole oil and gas boom, you know. So we're very fortunate for that. But um yeah, I basically going back a bit, I, I left home when I was nineteen, spent five years in Montreal. Went to culinary school and, and cooked there with Claude Pelletier and Michel Ross. And then I took a crazy job up in northern Quebec at, on the Godbout for uh, the Molsons and the Bronfmans. They, they got this beautiful fishing camp. And uh, so I buggered off from the city. And I love fly fishing. That's one of my favorite things to do in the whole wide world. <laughs> and uh, I was like, sounds like a good idea. So I, I did the summer there cooking on the side of the river. And I met a, a bunch of people and eventually took a job in, um, in, in uh, Chicago, working privately. And uh, yeah, so I was there for about five years and uh, ended up meeting Paul Kahn there, who was an amazing, amazing human, great chef. <laughs> Unbelievable human. I mean, you, you know, you can't go to Chicago without getting stuck yeah. in the Paul Vortex. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm this Canadian kid. I don't know anybody. And I meet him at the market. And uh, of course, my day's off. I'm at Blackbird sitting at the bar, just, you know, loving the tasty menus and I, I meet Donnie and the whole gang and you know they really took me in and, and uh, I get the invite to the barbecue in Paul's backyard and it was just fantastic you know and uh, that was a wonderful experience in Chicago and eventually I had the opportunity to move back home and open a restaurant um, down in Portugal Cove St. Phillips called Atlantica uh, it was a beautiful spot overlooking the water and uh, yeah I was there for three years and uh, then had the opportunity to open Raymond's. So um, Raymond's, myself and Jeremy Bonia, sommelier, my, my business partner, his father passed away a few years before. His name is Ray Bonia. And my grandfather, <clears throat> Ray Bags, um, he passed away like several years before that. And we're, we always said, you know, if we ever have the opportunity to do our own thing, we're going to call it Raymond's, you know. So it's, uh, that's where the name came from. And, you know, the two Jeremy's, JB, JC, and then, God, I married Sarah, and then he married a Sarah. It's, it's a bit crazy, so. <laughs> and confusing. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm serious. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it keeps on going on. I'm not going to bore people, but anyhow, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, but yeah, we opened Raymond's and, uh, yeah, we won uh, best new restaurant in Canada that year. And, um, we did that at Atlantic actually now I think about it. So people are like, what's on the go in Newfoundland, you know, besides fish and chips and they call it brown food, I guess, you know, but, uh, yeah, we started to stir the pot and do some fun things and, people started to notice that there's, you know, good food on the go in Newfoundland. And, you know, we're a small island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, you know. But what made you go, what made you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go really north. I'm going to go <laughs> so far. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, you know, it was just, I wanted to get back home and, uh, and cook and fish and be with friends and family, you know. And uh, That's awesome. Yeah, so... It was, uh, you know, a leap of faith, but like anything, you know, you got to take chances and, uh, I'm, I'm really, I don't regret any of it. You know, it was, it was good. It's, you know, 10 years. <laughs> well, it also, I mean, you're, you're living in the best you. Yeah. I mean, I got two young kids, Hank and Iris and, and, uh, you know, we go fishing a lot and berry picking and just enjoy all the wonderful things that you know, Newfoundland and Labrador has to offer. If you don't like the outdoors, don't come to Newfoundland, basically. <laughs> you know, or being on the ocean, chicken codfish. and There's always something to be doing, beautiful hikes. And, and uh, yeah, just really embracing everything it has to offer. So it's cool. So how did the local community, when you were opening Raymond's at first, how did they respond? Were you seeing a lot of locals come? Was it a lot of... What is going on here? Why are they? Yeah, it was kind of an interesting transition. I mean, at Atlantica, we did start to develop quite a local base of customers, you know, and we were doing some different things. And then we, when we left Atlantica and went to Raymond's, we had a lot of people follow us there, which is great. But, you know, once we start putting moose and partridge and rabbit on the menu, it was like, you know, it's a bit of a you know, not shocked, but I guess locals are like, wow, this is stuff we eat at the cabin on the weekends, not at a fine dining table with white linens and, you know, fancy wine. So I think it took a bit of a transition for people to understand what we we're doing. But, you know, obviously it was embraced and, you know, supported and celebrated. And it's, it's uh, continues to, to be so. <laughs> but also, I mean, to think about that, their mindset was this is something that is part of a hunting weekend and yeah. But they sure weren't treating the partridge and the moose the same way you were. No, well, <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, all the I've I've had some amazing meals of moose over the years. Bottle moose, which is one of my favorite things. But uh, and what's that? Bottle moose mm -hmm. is just like um, fatback pork and onions and moose, and it's basically you know just jarred, and uh, um, you can keep it for quite a long time. So it's. Uh, yeah, bottled moose. It's very simple. It's in the book, actually. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Just bottled moose. Yeah. So, I mean, you throw a bottled moose in your backpack and what we call a boil up when you're out in the woods, you know, picking berries or shooting rabbits or whatever. You just uh, have a little fire. You throw your bottled moose in there and some, uh, you know, a few boiled potatoes or what have you and a bit of bread. And that's your... That's your 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 feed. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. But... Uh, not to lose my train of thought here now, but yeah, it's uh, moose is amazing. But yeah, going back, not many people like locals would never serve a moose medium rare or a partridge or you know, 
everything for the most part in our uh, you know our culinary background everything was always cooked and hammered cooked, hammered like cooked again cooked like, and recooked cooked and recooked i'm like no that's done that's done <laughs> it's dead already you don't yeah. need to kill it you know we got these birds back home um they're called turs and you know people put the tur in the oven or boil it or what have you and it's like man everybody's like that ah, doesn't taste so good i'm like yeah it doesn't taste so good because it's cooked to death but when you properly age a tur and serve it like you would a uh, a duck breast you know a beautiful medium rare it's uh it's an amazing thing people are like wow what is this i'm like that's a tur <laughs> <laughs> and they're just uh, yeah, yeah maybe we've been cooking it wrong <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's uh again it, we've come a long way and and uh, i'm just talking about my grand grandparents in that generation you know they were they lived off root vegetables um you know and salt fish basically and uh and some pork so everything was would be coming out of root cellars and you know everything was cooked and cooked again like i said because they're always terrified of trichinosis or whatever some you know uh, bacteria or whatever they had in meat back there those days but uh, yeah heavily salted cures and um, that's the way they lived they lived organically off the land before the word organic was really a cool word you know it's uh so that was really inspiring like you know when it comes to cooking for me and menu development and you know going back to the the basics and having chats with my grandmother or i call her nan and uh she's 92 now so we're, we're, she's still kicking so it's really it's great to hear those stories and so it's inspiring for sure <clears throat> last night when we were having dinner there was this conversation about basically inspiration coming from <clears throat> isolation isolation <laughs> yeah and I think that's really, really powerful, right? Yeah. And what I thought was, you know, that was something for folks out there who like skateboarding. Rodney Mullen created a whole world of tricks being isolated from the rest of the skateboarding community and being by himself. Yeah. And I think that that's a really powerful educational medium because you're forced to look back into yourself yeah. and look at your environment and where you are to drive. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a big part of, you know, what we do at the restaurant and, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, when you, when you're in the middle of no, December, January, February, March, the cold months and, you know, all you have is root vegetables and not much. And you're again, an island in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. It's, there's not much going on. So you really need to, to draw inspiration from, you know, the raw ingredients that you have around you and. How many ways can you, you know, cook a rutabaga? You know? <laughs> but it's it's amazing what you can do actually when when you really start. when you're forced to yeah when you're forced to and some of our best dishes and and food that's come out of the restaurant is just you know really working with ingredients and pushing them and pushing them and, and uh, yeah it's uh, it's uh, yeah always rewarding I guess when you you see a dish come together that's made from just the simplest ingredients and you know, that, that's really come from nothing. So it's, it's cool. So with the tavern, was that something that you decided to do for just lower price point, a way to cross things over, a way to share more with the community? What, what was I think, the Yeah. All those things. I mean, Raymond's was, you know, especially for locals, it's a, a restaurant, that a lot of people come for, you know, special occasions, weddings, 
birthdays, what have you, anniversaries. And yeah, we weren't serving lunch either or breakfast. So we really were not in that market whatsoever. So, you know, myself and Jay talked about, you know, how do we, how do we get into the market of, you know, serving the average Joe downtown lunch and whatnot, what have you. So it just made sense for us to open a tavern that was, um, you know, it's like a, it's like our bistro basically. And we're able to, uh, you know, use all the prime cuts at Raymond's and a lot of our, uh, our, uh, grinds and what have you go down the street to the tavern for, for braises and stews. And yeah, it's, it was just, uh, just made sense. And, uh, yeah, it's a really fun place to go, and everything's made from scratch. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's been working out quite well. Now, do you cross over staff? Is that, is that an opportunity to train staff <clears throat> to move up to or to go back and forth? Yeah, and absolutely. It was a great opportunity for us to use, you know, uh, staff from Raymond's to, to help, you know, get the wheels turning, so to speak, and, and get systems in place And because uh, they obviously understand our philosophy and, you know, working together over the years, a lot of people that have been with us since day one. So it was great to have those people help. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great spot. And, and, uh, it's the whole local community really has embraced it. It's, it's a great lunch space and, and, uh, and we have a great dining service and it's a big, beautiful room. It's something a lot of people don't expect when they come to St. John's It's a big old bank. So when you walk in there, it's a open kitchen and, it's uh, yeah, a very welcoming space, which I'm happy we have. So a lot of the the things, I mean, the book is stunning. I mean, it's it really is, and <clears throat> I think there's there's so much to come from it, and for people, especially folks that do have massive, you know, the seasons. Yeah, you know, Chicago, New England. There's, I mean, everybody, of course, is going to learn from it, but yeah. there's a lot to be taken from this seasonality, the true seasonality of what you're doing there. And, but also, I mean, there's techniques in there, you know, your beeswax aging, I, I'll use, for example, is a very unique. Yeah. I mean, something. Different. And I'm sure that as, is that something that's traditionally done there? Is it something that you guys figured out? Is it something you worked you played with i it's just i'd never heard of it i think it's brilliant yeah no it's definitely not traditional not that i was aware of and uh we just worked on that myself and ross and celeste and yeah it kind of just came together it was, it's a beautiful way to to uh let things age you know and it's been working out quite well so it's a interesting technique <laughs> i just i mean where do you get that much beeswax <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we do a few farmers that uh we get a lot of uh, a lot of beeswax. So, what are you going to do with it? You know. So it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. And what do you notice uh, with different cuts or different different animals? Are you noticing nuances coming from the beeswax into the actual meat? Are you noticing the way it ages different? Is there the enzymatic reaction of the the breakdown of the muscle different yeah, with being I find, in wax? I think there's one there with um, we we uh, have a tur in beeswax. You know, it's amazing how. You know, everything just breaks down a bit. And yeah, it, it really, you know, years ago they'd use uh, paraffin wax, you know? So I was like, why don't we just use beeswax instead? So it was, it was interesting. And it definitely has a different flavor note as well. And uh, yeah, it just, just made sense. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been interesting to see it all evolve, so to speak. 
I mean, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> Visually, it's stunning. Yeah, it's pretty wild when you see it. It's like, what the hell is that? But uh, no, again, it just makes sense. And, and it's, uh, it's a beautiful way to do it, I think. And visually stimulating as well when you see it. So you do, you have 10 years now at Raymond's. You have, you know, the tavern going. And yeah. you're continuously working on an event, which um, <laughs> somehow or another I've managed to not be able to come to every time you've invited me, which makes me feel like a turd because mm. I'm always doing, I've always have a previous engagement, but um, it's called Dinner for Levi. And I think um, you're giving back to your community in a really, really special way. And I, and I think um, this is something that everybody needs to know about. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, when we were, <clears throat> excuse me, opening Raymond's, um, Sarah was pregnant with her first son and um, she got a got a note, went to see the doctor and uh, yeah, uh, she was 25 weeks and the baby was coming and we're like, oh my God, you know, this is not good. So she spent a month in hospital and uh, Levi came uh, premature and he spent uh, a month in a neonatal unit and uh, things didn't work out, so we lost our first son. So that was tough. <laughs> yeah, tough, tough, tough. <clears throat> but um, you know, I uh, I went through a pretty dark year, and again, opening Raymond's. But uh, thank God, I had something to focus on. You know, and uh, I said to myself, you know, how can we <clears throat> celebrate his life? You know, and uh, and uh, bring back something positive from this. You know, so we. Um, started an event called Dinner for Levi where we <clears throat> um, invite friends and chefs from around the world really we've had people from Europe and and uh, here in the States and, and around Canada and uh, we come together to um, cook together celebrate Newfoundland ingredients and raise a bunch of money for the neonatal unit so it's uh, it's a great time um, you know to have your buddies come and cook and you know get to cook with all these ingredients moose and rabbit and partridge and and uh we take a walk in the woods or get out in the ocean and, and try to show them all the good things in newfoundland and uh yeah we have one night dinner where we raise you know lots and lots of money 70 80 90 grand and this is the eighth year coming up now so we're close to over half million dollars for the neonatal unit so it's amazing it's cool it's good sorry it's tough to talk about sometimes i, I still I understand <laughs> No, I get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's, uh, it's it's awesome, and the community comes together, and all my friends from all around come out, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing, really. And I know it does really good for the Jamie. Sarah was at the hospital last week, and they had just built a, a a room, a unit in the neonatal named after Levi. It's just it's amazing. It's on wheels. So I'm. I'm really happy about that. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things that <clears throat> I hear from so many different chefs is, and I think it was really, really special in what makes you, Jeremy, so unique is the humble nature in which you are. <laughs> You've, you. you embrace everybody. You really bring so much education to the industry, but at the same time, you know, we don't have to cut a hole in the door to get you, get you through it, you know, to get your head through. And I think that that's, you know, you walk the walk. And it was really great because, you know, and I was telling you last night, 
my front of the house manager here yeah. was like, my God, this guy really walks the walk. Like I did my <laughs> research. And that is exciting for me to see watching some of our staff recognize that. But to know that, and people need to understand, like that what you do is not easy. No, definitely not. There's no phone calls like, hey, where's my... Who, who's delivering my moose today? You know, it's not like you're calling your local, uh, like your local moose purveyor. Hey guys, where's my moose today? Hey, get really, you really a hundred percent rely on what's in your environment. Yeah. Unlike a lot of us, I, I can point at myself. I rely on a phone call. It's like, Hey, how come my onions aren't here? <laughs> you know, like what, what's going on? You know? And I think that's a, that's a really, a really big, big part of what you're doing up there is so, so reliant on nature beyond. Yeah, no, for sure. It's and the relationships that you've created in your community for people to feel comfortable to come to the back door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And how much time you have to go out and fish or call your buddy to get you scallops or how do you say it in Newfoundland? Do you say scallops or scallops? I would say scallops. Yeah, but see, Boston, they say scallops, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do that because I grew up in New England. But I, and I think that that's a really powerful thing that is, as a restaurant owner and chefs around the community don't realize that you really are bound and held by what's there. Yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh... Again, after 10 years, you kind of get to lay the land and obviously growing up there as a kid, but uh, we've really developed those relationships, you know, and, and people have really come out of the woods, so to speak. And, and uh, yeah, it took a lot of work. Not everybody's just going to show up to your back door and, you know, have faith in you to grow certain things or what have you. So it's uh, it's been a, a, a long road, but it's, you know, very rewarding when you sit down and, or you're, you know, see people enjoy all these beautiful ingredients that come from all across the province from all different people, you know, to, uh, create a menu. It's uh, it's pretty special for sure. So yesterday, one of the things that I thought was really amazing was the things that you've omitted from the restaurant. So, um, oil now you're getting from the Island. Yeah. We finally yeah, tapped in some oil. Thank God. <laughs> so you're not having to purchase oil yeah. off non-local. Yeah. Um, Tomatoes, you have somebody just grow them for you. Tomatoes, yeah. We have a friend Peter Burke doing all our sea salt, which is a beautiful thing, you know. I mean, which I brought some for you as well. You're making <laughs> your own salt. You're getting oil from 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 locally. Yeah, yeah. Tomatoes locally, and then how much preservation are you doing? Like to talk about getting through, uh, you know, times when there aren't things. Yeah. You're putting up. I mean, how much of the blueberries are you putting up comparative to what you're using every day? Yeah, we, we put away a lot of stuff, you know, because winter's coming. We always say that, you know, won't be long, winter's coming. and uh, Sounds like a Game of Thrones analogy. Yeah, I know, that's right. It's uh, <laughs> actually a song my uh, father-in-law wrote. He's a blues musician. Anyhow, I'll give you the record later. But it's, uh, yeah, winter's always around the corner. And especially this year, had such a short growing season. The summer was like, we were waiting so long for the summer. It came for like three weeks and it went. And... Uh, such a short growing season. So you really have to step back and look at what's, what's around and, you know, act quickly, so to speak, and, and put down as much as you can and, and preserve and pickle and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Because uh, if you don't have a game plan in place, it makes for a very, excuse me, challenging, challenging winter. 
But, oh. but I think what's interesting to that point is you're working towards doing what everybody did for survival. Yeah, we're going back to our roots. And I think from that, you're pushing the boundaries not only of those items and availability of foods, but you're also pushing the classic foods of that region to the next step. Yeah, it's taken, you know, those those dishes and those techniques from from our history and, and past. And, and uh, yeah, we definitely use those things. And, and uh, I mean, that's how they lived for generations, you know, with root cellars and pickles and salt. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's, again, always inspiring. But it's, they were right, you know, and I think we got lost there for a while. And people just, you know, go to the big box stores and they haven't been growing their gardens. They haven't been filling their root cellars. And uh, it's only now I feel in the last few years, this new generation, people are like, you know what, we got to start going back to our roots and going back to the things we've done for, for generations. And, and uh, yeah, it's been amazing to see that, you know, especially the farmer's markets and, you know, just online stuff. People are just going back and, and growing their own gardens and pulling their own vegetables and, you know, living off the ocean and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I'm super happy to be part of all that, you know. It's unreal. I mean, it's so. What is what is your summer growing season? For an example, like, let's let's be honest here. Like, is it a month? Is it two months? Is it? I mean, last year we had a great year. We had a good solid two months. This year, you know, summer never came till uh, um, late July. August was pretty good. September is always beautiful, but then you're starting to get those cold nights and stuff. So, we had like three weeks, four weeks of good heat i guess you'd say this year and uh so what is what is heat there <laughs> well you know when i got off the plane yesterday i think it was 28 degrees here i'm trying to think uh maybe 70 odd here i mean yeah. that, that's a hot day for us you know <laughs> <laughs> well last night we were walking outside and it was it was warm it was beautiful out. oh it was gorgeous that was like a lovely warm summer evening for us my god i can count on one hand how many evenings i've had this year like that you know but, um, yeah, I, I always say you don't come to Newfoundland for the weather because it's just, uh, you know, you're out there and uh, you have all these different currents and all kinds of factors for weather. So it's uh, when you have good weather, it's, it's really appreciated, you know. But uh, a lot of farmers have been working on, you know, heated greenhouses and, you know, really invested in stuff like that, which has been great for us. And, um, yeah, a lot of people learn to deal with the weather, seeing what grows you know, in our climate and trying out new veg and stuff like that. And, uh, and that just comes back to relationships knowing, you know, we'll, we'll take those ingredients, you know, we invest in the farmers and support them. So they're, they're willing to go out and try different things and grow large amounts of certain crops for us as well, which is great, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's a good relationship. So you must have just like a area that's full we have areas of uh, we have <laughs> full of jars of like here's the blueberry pickles here's the blueberry preserves here's the I yeah mean, yeah no it's uh <clears throat> we don't have a proper root cellar so to speak which is definitely a, a goal of mine for sure but uh yeah we got stuff tucked away everywhere you know uh, i don't know you can never have enough space in a restaurant there's always you know back rooms and doors and back hallways and you know uh, you know wine cellars <laughs> Every bit of space is used. 
including my house and and uh you know you tuck things away wherever you can and uh yeah space is always premium but uh it's uh it's important <laughs> wow i mean that's a lot and, and i don't think people realize like again we're going back to the classic of how someone survived the long winter yeah but you're feeding people every day in your restaurant using these classic techniques yeah no it's uh it's a lot of work man and we got a great crew ross and celeste and the whole team you know really uh working hard to uh make sure you know things are done properly and and um yeah it's yeah it's a lot of work and it all comes back to the team you know and having great attitudes and people who actually want to be at the restaurant and experience, you know, Newfoundland and all the wonderful things it has to offer. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not every day you see a moose come to the back door. No. <laughs> you know, or, or we got our, our lambs that come from um, Howard Morey. They've been raised out on an island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So they're like a lovely prey salet lambs and, and they come and, and we have a lot of whole, whole butchery, which is a lot of fun to see and, including all the all the codfish and halibut and tuna and god so you just you just had a a tuna you had mentioned yesterday um it's just a small fish (laughs) just a small tuna came in the other day so Mm -hmm. you you the way you guys explained it i thought was really interesting and i i don't i grew up in new england i was fortunate enough to commercial fish with with my neighbors uh, the wheelers, amazing people, but this is a really interesting way that you guys get these fish. And I thought this was really cool. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, Robert Daly and, uh, Greer Hunt. There's a few guys on the island that got, um, a license to fish rod and reel. So they're out there, um, in Conception Bay and down Trinity Bay. And, and, um, this time of year, the tuna come in and feed on the mackerel. And, uh, so, and they also feed on the codfish. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. They'll feed on cod, especially when fishermen are hauling their nets and they're gutting the fish. The tuna are just going crazy feeding off all the, all the gut and stuff like that. So, uh, but anyhow, yeah, Robert's out there with uh, a rod and reel and, uh, hooking these fish and, and they either go to Japan, New York, Boston, or we try to keep them, you know, on the island. It's sometimes six, seven, 800 pound fish. So it's like a serious wrestling match trying to, you know, butcher a fish like that is, you know, quite a learning experience if you've never done it before. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And we, we use that at the tavern and we, uh, share with the rest of the community, other restaurants, you know, and my buddy Tack and Todd and all the guys, we, uh, we break down the fish and make sure everybody gets a chunk here and there. And, this is a lot of fish to deal with, but, uh, that's a lot of fish. Yeah. So it's, it's nice. You know, it's, uh, going back to community, you know, we got a pretty good community now in St. John's with a lot of restaurants and, and everyone working together and supporting each other. And it's, uh, yeah, it wasn't like that 15 years ago, you know? So it's been nice to, to have support of other, uh, other chefs and working together to create a better dining experience for everybody. You know, when they come to the island, so it's, it's cool. But one of the things I thought that was super interesting was like when they get that fish on the line, yeah, you get a phone call. Yeah. They call you and say, yeah. we got a monster. Oh yeah. You want it. Yeah. I, I get a, a photo of the fish too. That's, you know, I'm like, oh my God. Okay. You got to work pretty quickly because uh, 
you know, there's not much time to be dealing with a fish that big, whether it's staying on the island or if it's getting shipped off AC cargo somewhere around the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a guaranteed, guaranteed sale for them going to wherever. Wherever, yeah. It's a lot of work too, you know? God, it's not just a, a few codfish. It's a, it's a massive fish. So it's a lot of... And how, how does something, like, how do they, how do you guys maneuver? That's, you're talking 500 plus pounds. Oh yeah, you're talking about like a forklift and uh, in the back of a truck, and we have a table where we kind of. What do you roll the table outside? <laughs> we do in the back of the restaurant. Yeah, I mean that's the only way to do it. It's huge. Or we'll go over to um, the fish plant itself. We've butchered a few fish over there, and and uh, yeah, it's just it's challenging, you know. And uh, but it's amazing, and and uh, it's uh, yeah, on the, another beautiful product that we have i mean that's unreal us, yeah. i mean that that's like opportunity one of a lifetime for someone to participate in that yeah no it's it's amazing and but that's no joke when you're breaking down an, a, no, a, a, a fish of that size no and uh mistakes are costly they are i mean we're paying nine ten dollars a pound sometimes eight <laughs> yeah just so let's just put that into perspective yeah. nine to eight dollars a pound for line caught a grade yeah it's tuna. good. It's good. So just just a mid, smidge of a price. I think that's the price of uh, skate nowadays in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing when you live on the ocean, and you know, the prices tend to be quite, quite good, quite competitive. Well, yeah, because you're you're in, in the community of it. Yeah. You know, you're living it. And uh, you know, my friends out handlining codfish. You know, you're not going to get a better cod. And, you know, we we pay them as much as we think is fair. You know, we nothing's. Uh, we don't try to under undercut any of the fishermen or our growers and stuff like that. We always pay people the best possible. So that's, that's important. It's really important. I mean, that's their living, their livelihood. And yeah. I've growing up in, in in New England and being part of the fishing community as a kid, we we don't negotiate for fish price. Yeah. It just doesn't Yeah, doesn't that's it. it's not fair. Yeah. You know, they're not a big box. Definitely fishing no. is hard life. Yeah, when you're on the ocean, I've been out many, many times as as you, and uh, yeah, see what these guys go through and and uh, hauling nets or traps or pots on the Atlantic Ocean on a big swell, and you know it's crazy. Your feet freeze when salt water freezes your feet to the deck of the boat. <laughs> there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's I, no joke. Yeah, I see the boats going out through the harbor in uh, in St. John's Raymond's looks right out through the harbor. You can see the boats leaving and coming and going. And uh, sometimes they're gone for a few days, you know, out hauling crab pots and my buddy's a crab fisherman. I hear the stories. I'm like, my God, you couldn't pay me enough money to be at it. So it's uh, a lot of respect goes out to those guys who are working Work on the ocean, you know, and uh, people don't understand what goes into, you know, getting that food to the table. It's uh, yeah. A lot of effort, <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of effort, and it's yeah. very—it's a very dangerous because oh, the God. ocean. She's in charge. No, no, man, it's it's insane. Yeah, I uh, much respect. Have to. Yeah, we have to, and that's why you respect the product that much more as well. You know, I'm like, guys, this doesn't just happen. So it's no. uh, yeah, so it's pretty important. So what's next? You're you're on the book tour. <laughs> yeah, been. Uh, been traveling around a bit with the book, which has been nice. And, uh, yeah, we got next month. I think we're traveling across Canada with the book. 
Nice. Gonna pop in and see uh, Justin LeBeau, Rob Gentile. Um, where else are we going? We're going to Vancouver at Laboratoire to see Lee. Oh, beautiful. And uh, going to see Normand at uh, his new restaurant, Beaumont. Okay. And uh, Michael Smith and PEI, got a dinner there. So, yeah, it's nice to get out and cook with friends and, you know, bring the book along. It's uh, like a traveling salesman now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and so the book is Wildness. Yeah, Wildness. You know, we uh, went back and forth on the name, and I guess that just stuck. It just made sense, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I'm really happy with the book. Uh, John Cullen did some beautiful photography. He's really diligent and you know real perfectionist so I, I was really happy with that and um yeah it's nice to be able to tell the story behind the food you know the people it's not just a cookbook it's you know it's it's the stories behind the food that are they're important you know they bring it all together and and um yeah i'm i'm, I'm really happy about it and proud of it and you know it took a lot of work from a lot of people and uh yeah i hope people enjoy it i mean it's what you're doing there is not just it's a way of life and yeah. that's what you're representing with wildness and what you do every day. I mean, it's, yeah, just telling the story and, and, uh, I was pretty terrified. I didn't want to disappoint anybody or, you know, you're telling the story of, of Newfoundland and what's going on, so to speak. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very stressful, but again, very rewarding. I think in the end, everybody that sees the book loves it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, and you know, like, I have cooks that ask me, what new book should I get? You know, yeah. we do, we do a reading list at all the restaurants. Like, Hey, this oh, is cool. coming up. This is, you should check this out. Or this is great for the science. And this is great for, yeah. and you know, they're like, have you seen this book? It's crazy <laughs> what they're doing. It's so cool. Yeah. And it's, and it's exciting to see their excitement. Oh, that's yeah. I remember being a young cook and devouring cookbooks. You know, that was uh geez. I haven't had the time to sit down and read a book at all lately, the, the irony, but uh, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah, better than a good cookbook and, you know, hopefully it inspires people and, and inspires uh, the next generation of young cooks coming out of Newfoundland as well, you know, just showing the possibilities and, and uh, yeah, things grow on from there and, and um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting book. <laughs> are you seeing, excuse me, are you seeing a lot of uh, young cooks throughout Canada traveling to you to experience and work with you now? Are they reaching out saying, I want to understand more of, you know, the tradition of what you're doing and, and coming to you? Are you seeing that a lot now? Yeah, we have a lot of people coming from um, <clears throat> Quebec, Ontario. Uh, we had a few cooks here from Ottawa this past year. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to see people come from away, you know, and uh want to see what's going on I, I like when people come and stay for at least a year i think i was saying that to you earlier on yeah stuff when people pop in for a month or two and move on so it's nice when people come and, and commit and uh, you know cook throughout the seasons throughout the you know the times when everything is flush and lovely and then times when it's challenging you know to see the to get the whole experience so uh but yeah we've we've had a lot of people come from across the country which is it's nice you know and sometimes it doesn't work out you know you have people come and show up and it's like you know what this is not for me and i'm, I'm like that's okay you know it's, and sometimes you know we have people who haven't left and they've been there for years so it's uh yeah you never know <laughs> that's awesome so i do a, a pretty straightforward like question round 
just quick fire. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it just, it's super, super n- no big deal. Yep. Um, so, coffee or tea? Oof. I love a good cup of tea at Manan's, but I do drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> 50 50 <laughs> no answer's wrong dude it's okay. just it, there's no wrong answer it's Newfoundland just land loves tea it's a big tea drinking community. is it yeah cup of tea um but you know i do enjoy a nice cup of coffee in the morning just to get the engine going huh red or white Jeez, i used to drink white all the time but i love sorry red all the time i love white like a nice white burgundy is you know beautiful <laughs> <laughs> bourbon tequila oh god i have to say probably bourbon beer or cider beer is cider big up there uh it's starting to catch on we've got a lot of micro brews happening over the last few years so it's uh yeah it's it's coming slowly but surely yeah <laughs> <laughs> nigiri sashimi uh sashimi Sea urchin caviar. I'm going to say caviar. <laughs> wow. Because I've been kind of, I don't know, sea urchin's been scratching my throat lately. I think I'm developing something. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, when we make the sauce tomorrow, you're going to have to taste it. I've got Ross can too. Because <laughs> it's... Uh, you're, you think you're becoming allergic. Yeah, it's over this past year. Every time I make this sea urchin sauce, it's really... I have... Uh, something going on in my throat and it's kind of terrifying so i uh well i gotta make sure it's seasoned so i'll have somebody taste it <laughs> oh my goodness wow yeah i do love caviar cheese hot dog hamburger i live in chicago man chicago dog <laughs> i love me an encased meat <laughs> nothing like encased meats yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah chocolate or fruit Oh, I'm, I love chocolate. Yeah, I love chocolate. And you don't use chocolate at the restaurant, correct? No, we don't. So it's uh, quite challenging, but I definitely get my fix at uh, my friend. She's a potter, and she brings in all these beautiful chocolate bars from around the world. And, really? Uh, I got a pretty high chocolate tab there. Yeah. So <laughs> You don't even use citrus at the restaurant. No, we don't. We've moved away from that as well. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's, it's big. It's not, it's not of origin. It's not of tradition. No. So, I mean, yeah, that's cool. We're getting there. You're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) We are receding from the rest of the world. (laughs) You're cutting off the ships from coming, bringing things. I love it. God help us. Oh man. So you've got this tour coming up. Any new projects on the horizon, other cookbooks in the mix, or are you oh. <laughs> just hunkering down and getting ready for the winter? Yeah, I think really just focusing on the winter now coming up. And um, yeah, you know, no real projects down the pipe right now. Just kind of taking a breath and, you know, getting the book done took a lot out of me mentally, physically. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, as you know. And um, just looking forward to getting back into the kitchen and, and um, yeah, just focusing on the winter and uh, focusing on the family and uh, you know focusing on myself a bit too just trying to take care of yourself 
and hockey season starts up now next month too. So yeah, I get on the ice two or three times a week. So that's my kind of oh, do you? That keeps me sane, you know. <laughs> nice, nice. Chasing around. What's your team? Hockey. Uh, God, I like the Leafs. I like the the Canadians. People are like, how can you like the Canes and the Leafs? I'm like, I'm just a hockey fan, man. I like the Oilers too. So it's fun. It's a great, it's a great sport. Yeah, it's good. And uh, I played a lot of hockey as a kid, and it's a big part of our life. So it's uh, it's good. It's awesome. For sure. <laughs> so um, are there still tickets available for Dinner for Levi? Dinner for Levi. And if someone wants to come, you know, I know it's going to be September 21st, correct? Yeah, 21st. Yeah. And, and and this podcast will have been aired by then. It uh, won't, won't have been aired by then. Yep. But um, if people want to come next year, yeah. How can they find out? Is it best to go to Raymond's website to look it up? And uh, We have a Dinner for Levi website. Okay. And, um, or you can just contact the Merchant Tavern. And uh, I got some stuff on Instagram there too for information. And next year will be, it's always the third Saturday in September. So I don't have it right in front of me. But yeah, it's usually the 21st, the 22nd, which is, you know, falls on my birthday, which is always interesting. But uh, yeah, it's in that area. And um it's a really lovely night, and um, people always have a great time and great food, music, a few laughs, and some interesting auction items, trips here, there, and everywhere, trips and, to Labrador. And I've heard there's there's codfish kissing at certain times. <laughs> yeah. So what is what is this? Before we close this out, because I think it's really important. Normally, I do the, the questions at the you know the, the rapid fire, but I think this is something that I've heard from multiple folks <laughs> that there is the doors close the yeah. beer flows yeah and the cod the cod, cod kissing happens well, let's just go through that really quick yeah it's called a screeching and basically it's um to become an honorary newfoundlander you must you know there's a saying there's a three or four verses and um you take a shot of screech which is newfoundland rum which came from you know, down uh, down the islands, we trade the, the salt fish for the rum barrels. And it's called screech. And uh, you take a shot of screech and then the, you bring out the codfish and you got to kiss the cod and um, you get your diploma of being an honorary Newfoundlander. Wow. You're screeched in. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. So look forward to getting you screeching at some point. In time. Oh, man. I'm, uh... Or you can kiss the arse of a puffin, they say, too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's on hand. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for taking time. I know uh, you are on a bit of a, a holiday here in Portland. So <laughs> enjoy your time uh, and you. uh, looking forward to cooking with you on Sunday. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Chris. Happy to have you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.